Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Folks, we're teetering on what could be an economic meltdown, threatening to wash away our savings and retirement. Inflation has surged to levels unseen in 40 years. Gold is the smartest and most responsible investment you can make for you and your family in times like these. A safe haven asset that protects your purchasing power and your wallet from inflation. When it comes to protecting your IRA or 401k, trust only the best. My friends at Allegiance Gold. Allegiance Gold has earned the highest trust ratings in the precious metals industry and builds relationships based on integrity, expertise, and impeccable service. Get up to $5,000 in free silver on a qualifying purchase when you visit protectwithlou.com today or give them a call at 844-6484-LOU. Don't wait. Take control of your retirement today. Call 844-6484. 84-L-O-U and speak with one of their experts. Time is of the essence. Protect your future with Allegiance Gold. Visit protectwithlou.com or call 844-648-4LOU. everybody. I'm Lou Dobbs. Welcome to The Great America Show, and thank you for being with us. Great to have you here. The House of Representatives under Speaker Mike Johnson is off to a fast start. Taking votes, working long hours, and the Republicans seem to be loving it. Despite those long hours and a lot more work, the House approved sending more than $14 billion in U.S. aid to Israel, the vote 226 to 196. That vote Thursday, 12 Democrats actually joined with Republicans. How about that? Let Hakeem Jeffries explain why Democrats wouldn't support Israel. Under the bill, funding will be reallocated from money that had been in Biden's IRS budget and the infamous Inflation Reduction Act. This was Speaker Mike Johnson's defiance of President Biden, and it appears to be just the first of what will be many. The puppet president then threatened to veto any funding for Israel, that doesn't include money for Ukraine. Well, just mere hours before passing the standalone Israel funding, Speaker Johnson held a press conference to tell the country and the president what he was going to do and what he thought of Biden's proposition. So just a follow-up, you stress the need to be able to pay for the Israel funding. As you know, President Biden has issued a veto threat on this bill. Would you consider putting a bill on the floor that includes funding for Israel but does not have spending cuts, or is that a non-starter? No, listen, we we are in dire straits as a nation, and if you talk to leaders at the Joint Chiefs of Staff, the Pentagon, sometimes, even in recent years, under oath, they've testified before the House Armed Services Committee, where I served until um, last week. Um, if you ask them what the greatest threat is to our national security, you would expect, most people expect, they'd say China, Russia, Iran, terrorism. They say it's the national debt. 
we have to address it. We, we have obligations and we have commitments and we want to protect our, our, and help and assist our friend uh, Israel, but we have to keep our own house in order as well. And I think people at home, I think the American people understand that. At home, you have to balance your budget. At home, you have to make tough decisions. And Washington should run the same way. And so we are here to change the environment, to change the paradigm, the way Washington thinks. If we continue on the trajectory we're on, it's going to hurt our country terribly, and it's going to hurt hardworking Americans even more, seniors and the rest. So we have to, while we take care of obligations, we've got to do it in a responsible manner. So I've made this very clear to the president, myself, in our, in our cordial meeting that we had. I've made it very clear to our colleagues, House Republicans. I spoke at their, I mean, uh, Senate Republicans. I spoke at their luncheon yesterday. Um, I've, to every cabinet official I've spoken to all the way down the line, that we're going to do this in a responsible manner. And that's, that's a very important principle for us. As I said, just hours after holding that press conference, Johnson called Biden's bluff and brought the standalone bill to the floor and passed it. That's a breath of fresh air in our capital, a speaker who means what he says and says what he means. How about that? In a lengthy televised conference yesterday, Hezbollah Secretary General Hassan Nasrallah warned Americans will pay for the United States' involvement in the war in Gaza the threat likely to bring even more U.S. assets into the region to defend our troops and Israel. The United States flying unmanned drones now over Gaza in support of the hostage recovery efforts. NSC spokesman John Kirby was asked about Biden's comments about Israel respecting human rights and following the rules of law. He was asked why Biden never said anything like that to Ukraine about the Russia-Ukraine war. We've been saying it since the very beginning, Nancy, that that, uh, we want to see our good friend and partner abide by our shared commitments to the respect for civilian life and the respect for for the law of war. We've been saying that since uh, since dang near the beginning of it. I've never heard him say that Ukraine needs to follow international law. So he seems to be making a point of this, particularly when it comes to Israel. Does that signify that he has... Well, these are different conflicts. And... Ukraine was the victim of a massive invasion by a neighboring nation, um, and and their military operations have been, with the exception of the counteroffensive where they're going after Russian positions, been largely def- defensive in nature. Um, it's a different situation than uh, what the Israeli Defense Forces are doing inside Gaza, going after uh, Hamas terrorists uh, in a fairly aggressive way. Kirby's blather babble just about what we've come to expect from the Biden regime in every instance. And you don't suppose all that money Biden made in Ukraine has anything to do with it, do you? And speaking of dirty money, New York Marxist Mayor Eric Adams is under a federal investigation for alleged corruption in his 2021 mayoral campaign. The issue is illegal donations from Turkey. Thursday, the FBI raided the Brooklyn residence of Brianna Suggs, the 25-year-old chief fundraiser for Adams. Suggs raised over $18 million for Adams in the 2021 campaign and has raised already $900,000 for his 2025 re-election bid. So we'll see how this investigation works out for Mayor Adams. Joining us now is Congresswoman Claudia Tenney. She sits on the powerful House Ways and Means Committee and House Committee on Science, Space, and Technology. Congresswoman, a great delight to have you back with us on The Great America Show. And congratulations, we've got a Speaker of the House, and he looks like the real deal. What's your sense of what we should expect from Speaker Mike Johnson? Yeah, I think he's a great guy. Uh, it's, it's great that we have a Speaker who is 
really just uh, so smart and so thoughtful and someone that all the members are going to rally around. I think you're, you're going to find someone who's going to unify everyone. And uh, he's been a good friend of mine since my first term in Congress. And he is a fighter. As you know, he's got a background of uh, fighting for our principles. He's uh, deeply religious, but he also understands uh, that we have to stand up for our Constitution, and he is going to do that. And he also started something that no one's talking about yet, uh, is he started a commitment to civility in my freshman class in 2017. And uh, he got all but three Democrats, all the Republicans to sign on uh, to really just so that we work together, that, that we're not going to agree on policy, that we work together in a way that is as civil and productive and representative of our government. And you know, I thought that was it was something that I thought, oh, that's not going to work. But it actually did work until, of course, AOC got elected in 2018 and, and the fireworks <laughs> began. But he uh, he's a great guy and he's going to be a good leader. And you can just see already that he's got a lot of common sense. I think he's very Reagan-esque in so many ways. And uh, I think everyone's going to learn that about him. He's he's a lot tougher than than uh, people think. Uh, he's just a little bit more mild mannered. I think that's what makes him so stealthy and so uh, effective. Well, great. Uh, it's good to have, uh, I, I could say this any number of ways, so I'll just say this. It's great to have a, a talented, intelligent, uh, and committed conservative uh, in as Speaker of the House. And he, everything he's done to this point, uh, admittedly early days, uh, I applaud. And uh, most particularly, uh, I'm thrilled that he's sticking to, to the issues of uh, single-subject bills, uh, bringing 12 appropriations bills and not uh, and not in any way uh, submitting to the omnibus uh, crowd, uh, including uh, led with, led by a group, including uh, Mitch McConnell, as you know, that is still the case, is it not? I know things change quickly in, in Washington, so I just want to double no, check. Mike is, no, uh, our new speaker, Mike Johnson, is working very hard. It's really important to him, and it's important that we go back to that formula and it's it's going to be challenging for him because no longer are these omnibus bills going to be leverage points you're going to he's going to have to be persuasive and we're going to have to get people to actually vote on bills and issues as they are and i think that's going to be a good thing a new thing it's going to be challenging for a lot of members who you know look these omnibus bills always have something in it that you like and something you don't like by design because it leverages the member to vote for something they don't want to vote for but it has something that they know is good for their district in there. So they end up voting for something they don't like. So single issue bills is something I always wish we did in the New York state legislature it was never done. Of course, the Democrats run everything and they also abuse power just like Nancy Pelosi did when she was speaker. So I'm thinking I'm, this is going to be challenging. We may not get bills passed right away. We may have to have some amendments and that type of thing to get things passed, but that's the point of the process. You know, a lot of people keep talking about the chaos of us, going through the, the arduous task of electing a new speaker. We ended up doing really well in the end through a typical process. We didn't anoint a king or a queen like the Democrats, like a Nancy Pelosi, who's going to, as I said, abuse power. We put forth a true constitutionalist, something, somebody who really believes in the principles of our, of our government and preserves in protecting freedom and individual rights of, of the American people. And so he's always going to be guided by that compass. And, and we may not get 100% of everything we want right away, but you know that he has got a true course and he is committed to that and he's going to get and do everything he can to persuade the rest of our conference and even maybe some Democrats to understand uh, 
what he's trying to do in preserving our country, which is so far on the brink right now of what I think is almost irreversible damage that's been done by the Biden administration. Absolutely. And I I want to turn to a a date that's coming at us rather quickly as well. And that is November 17th. The CR runs out uh, and no more omnibus. And we're not going to have any more nonsense. So what does that mean uh, for uh, funding the government forward from the 17th of November? I think it's going to be tough to do. Look, I know there's a lot of people out there that advocate for shutdowns and they think shutdowns are leverage. Right now, a shutdown is leverage for the Democrats. They control the executive branch. They also control the Senate. But think about what the executive branch is. The executive branch isn't just the White House. It's all the agencies in Washington and across the country that can really inflict harm on the American people in the event of a shutdown. And we have, can do nothing about it. We don't have President Trump or a Republican controlling that branch. We also don't control the Senate. So it would put us in a terrible situation where the Democrats would get all of their priorities. We would get none. So all of us dislike, at least most of us, at least on the House side, especially the conservatives, any uh, talk of a continuing resolution. But if we can't get bills out of the, uh, the appropriations process on time, we do have to try to avoid a shutdown. In this case, they have not been as catastrophic. When we control the White House, it's a very different situation. Sure, It's a disaster when we had Obama. So we do, we can, we're going to do few, everything we can to try to avoid it. We're talking with Congresswoman Claudia Tenney, great American. We're going to be right back with her. Stay with us. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. We're back. We're talking with Congresswoman Claudia Tenney of New York. Uh, and so we were talking about no CRs. What's going to happen? What will be the posture? Uh, uh, it seems to me you have to either get the appropriations bills done or you're going to be stuck with some really bad choices. Yes. And the bad choice, again, is the shutdown. And the CR is almost as bad. But the situation is I wish we controlled the White House. And we can control the narrative here, but we we are have a very slim four seat majority. It could even go down more this week in the event of we lose another member because we're down to three, three or four. Uh, we've got to find a way to get some of these appropriations bills passed. Now, remember, uh, we are not going to get the Senate to go along with us or the White House. So what we did, but you, but what you we're going to try to do is put something. Absolutely, you, we do. We can't if we put if we pass bills. And the Senate, we send them to the Senate, and the Senate doesn't 
the Senate doesn't pass them, the government shuts down. Well, that's so on the Senate. The question is, that's exactly what we need to do is make sure that we pass something and put it on the Senate, which, by the way, is what we actually did to get where we are today, is we forced the Senate to go and, and vote. Though it wasn't pretty, they did have to vote on a CR to avoid a shutdown, and we put it in their lap. So I think we've got to have a similar strategy, although we've really got to stick to what, what we need to do is those single appropriations uh, bills, the ones that are left, by the way, added to the ones we got passed. You've got so we've already passed 75%. Yeah, we've yeah. got about 75% of the budget, basically 80, almost 80%. So the last and 20% we're going to do in the next couple of days. And the five and uh, five bills passed, seven to go. Uh, you Again, right, but I'm talking I mean, about this the is, percentage. The percentage I understand the percentage of the of the discretionary budget, uh, 75% of it. That's great. Uh, but, you know, it's like rat poison. You know, only 2% of rat poison, uh, you know, is actually poison. The rest is oatmeal. So those percentages get to be a little tricky. Uh, so, well, it's tough to remember something. We have a so like talk, let's talk about leadership for one minute. I, I served in the state legislature. Sitting next to me across the aisle, right, literally like a foot from me or a couple feet, was Hakeem Jeffries when he's a state assemblyman. I never imagined he would ever be a minority leader in the House uh, at all. I, he never showed any any kind of leadership ability to do that, and I don't think he shows it now. And then he's very political, uh, you know, he's got a kind of a, kind of a controversial background. And then we go across the, the Capitol and who do we have? Chuck Schumer, who got his start in the state legislature, who's never done anything but serve as a career politician. So Mike has got a tough road, our, our speaker, to try to get one, these two guys to agree to something to prevent this government from shutting down. And at the very least, at least we can put it on them to vote to shut the government down because then it's their fault. And I, but again, I don't want to see the American people suffer. I do think as a Republican conference, Mike Johnson was unanimously supported by our conference. He needs to get at least almost unanimous support on passing tough legislation that's going to have cuts in it. We're going to have to make hard cuts. Now, whether we can get the Senate to pass it, once we put it in their lap, it's up to them to say to the American people, we're going to continue to spend, we're going to continue to cause inflation, we're going to continue this ridiculous green energy agenda that is really harming us, has really thrust us in. It's the core of why we have a war in Israel and a war in uh, a war in, in Europe right now is this terrible energy policy. And if you really scrape away all the peels well, and, and the layers of this onion, that's the heart of it. It's energy. I, I think the heart of it is, frankly, uh, the Democrats cheating and rigging an election in 2020 and putting a, a, well, that's it, but that's an absolutely it, illegitimate man in the White House. Uh, I mean, and, well, and right, by the but way, their weakness, their, yeah, their weakness on energy, that's something that President Trump I mean, do you know right now, today, we would be the number one producer, continue to be the number one producer of fossil fuels and natural gas and energy in the United, in the world right now if we had stayed with President Trump. This is a disaster. Uh, you know, the money that the, that the uh, Hezbollah, Hamas, uh, Islamic Jihad comes from money that is being sold, uh, money for, to the Iranians that, from oil that has been released because the Biden administration released sanctions on their ability to sell oil and to generate cash to use for their terrorism. And that's one of the reasons that's where where this energy is a big part of that issue. The same thing uh, that hap is happening in Ukraine. We gave the Russians 
the power using energy and leverage over these these smaller countries or other countries in Europe and, and Eastern Europe and down through the Balkans, that whole region, they're all dependent on Russia for natural gas that we leveraged and allowed that to happen instead, of, and that was partly the Europeans' fault. We allowed all that to happen because we have a weak, feckless president who is obsessed with uh, climate change and, so, you know, or the fact that man-made climate change and energy issues. So the real issue then, as I said, is uh, we have a an illegitimate president in the White House. We have a, and at all, all of this, the weakness of the chief executive to the energy uh, dependent still on OPEC amounts to uh, the consequence of having permitted the Democrats to cheat another uh, election. Uh, and we're coming up on exactly another election, uh, which looks like it'll have the same result because the, re- the the Republican leadership is so feckless that it hasn't done a thing, excuse me, a thing to reform uh, our elections and the election system. We're talking with Congresswoman Claudia Tenney, great American. We're going to be right back with her. Stay with us. back with Congresswoman Claudia Tenney. And Congresswoman, uh, we were talking about what's going to happen on the 17th of November. Uh, My statement still holds true. Uh, If the Republicans in the House pass those appropriations bills and do exactly what uh, Mike Johnson did, which is uh, divest uh, Israel from the Ukraine uh, is uh, Israel bundling that the uh, the Biden administration attempted. I think that's a brilliant move. I think it's great. And I think you ought to do the same thing with every appropriations bill. And I think the House should show that it can actually work and get these appropriations bills out by the 17th of November and cut the crap. How's that? Yeah, I agree with you. By the way, it was I, I actually introduced the bill last week. It was the only one on the floor that actually separated Ukraine from Israeli funding. He added the, uh, you know, he tried to offset it because of the spending using the money the Democrats want to spend on bulking up the IRS, which I thought was also a good move. But let me get back to the elections, which I think you touched on an important thing. Uh, The Republican National Committee is spending money on lawsuits and other things. But one of the things that Republicans have to do, I founded the Election Integrity Caucus. You know my story. I came back in 2020. I was up 28,422 votes. Uh, as was President Trump, and I went through 100 days of counting and ended up winning by only 109. We have got to get on top of this. Mike Johnson is a huge supporter, a member of my election integrity caucus. Some of the other members of leadership uh, before were not, uh, nor were, uh, but, but Steve Scalise and Mike Johnson were, were original and strong supporters. We have got to get out and make sure that we, in the swing states, we got to do it everywhere, but in the swing states, we have got to make sure that we counter the nearly a billion dollars that the Democrats are spending to manipulate the elections, whether it's through vote harvesting. In some cases, it's legal, but we have to either do the same early voting, absentee ballots, manipulating the system, priming the pump, doing everything they can, because that whole election came down to those those you know bizarre set of circumstances in those swing states. We have got to be aggressive now. It's almost too late, but it's never too late. We've just got to invest the money into making sure that we are countering everything they're doing. And also some of the executive orders coming out of the Biden administration using our executive agencies to vote harvest, which we are opposed to. That's one of the things we've been doing for 
but which they've been doing for for uh, almost 20 years. Uh, and the Republicans are only wising up to what you can do with a domestic council, what you can do with, with the, the internal resources of the White House. No one has taken it to the art form as have the Marxist Dems who run this puppet president. I, I mean, this is something to behold. Uh, Susan Rice uh, has been... Uh, uh, I, absolutely a, a powerful force uh, in uh, a clandestine operation. And we're seeing already the, the results of it. Yeah, no, we've got to get on this right away. But I wanted to say thank you so much for being a great American, for fighting the fight. It's going to come down to election integrity. We have got to win on that. We have got to get our voters out. Uh, if they don't vote and they don't vote in the numbers they should be, we aren't going to be able to squeak past. And, and look, New York, uh, you know, President Trump's not going to win New York, but he could very well win those states and he must win those key swing states. And, and we've got to put we've got to address those issues. We've got to put money into those issues. We've got to be vote harvesting. That's what I did, Lou. I went from winning by 109 votes, moved to a new district that was a little better, not hugely better. And I actually improved my lead to almost 34 points. I doubled the Trump turnout because I used legal vote harvesting and I went to voters and got voters out that had not voted or weren't regular voters. We have got to do that every single place that we can in order to win the presidency back, maintain a majority in the House and grow and create a president, a, a majority in the Senate. It can be done, but we have to be on this very aggressively right now. And there are a few entities that are doing it, but we need to do it all as a team. Uh, from uh, the RNC, NRCC, to all the state legislatures, all on down. It's Is really critical. It's the only way we're going to win. One last question. Who's leading that effort for the Republicans? Right now, RNC is actually leading it on that side. Uh, on our side, of the, on our, and our NRCC is actually investing in that. We are also uh, actually in New York State. We've got uh, some election integrity money that we're using actually to right now where that money is being devoted to making sure they don't overturn the redistricting that we had last year uh, to try to manipulate that in favor of the Democrats. So uh, we're fighting that New York State side. That will affect the majority in the House. Uh, But each state has to get involved with this. I've got, you know, we just hired, we just uh, elected. Uh, the governor-elect Jeff Landry in Louisiana is one of the leaders on election integrity. He Absolutely. has been fighting and on the forefront of this. And we've got to continue to use great AGs, now governors, around the country, especially in those swing states where we can, where it really comes down to the la- the, just a few thousand votes. We've got to win those, and we've got to empower those people. And uh, we are doing everything we can with the Election Integrity Caucus to get everyone informed as much as possible. Representative Claudia Tenney, thanks for being here. Great American. Thank you. Thanks so much. Our guest here tomorrow on The Great America Show will be former Trump attorney John Eastman, who's been fighting to keep his law license in California. He's been in a 10-week bar trial in California, and his crime, he represented President Trump. Marxist Dems control our legal system in this country, and they mean to destroy anyone, and I mean everyone, who would represent a conservative. Please join us for John Eastman here tomorrow. A fascinating story. Join us each and every day. And thank you, everybody, for being with us. God bless you, and may God bless America.